Good Monday morning to you. Uh, this morning we pick up uh, where we left off on Friday, uh, studying in Colossians chapter 1. On Friday we looked at the person of Jesus and Paul's beautiful statement about his identity in Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Today we're going to be looking at uh, our own hearts and our own journey. Um, and Paul reminds us in uh, Colossians 1, 21 through 23, uh, who we were before Christ and the power of this gospel that we have come to believe and to profess faith in. Uh, and so today we pick up and we're going to be looking at ourselves and our own journeys. Um, as we begin, it's something uh, important to do from time to time in life is to look back on your journey and see um, where God has taken you <laughs> from the moment your journey of faith began. And it's also good, I think, to reflect on who we might be and where we might be without God and His influence in our life, without a relationship with Jesus. Where where would you be? And I think about that uh, from time to time in my own life. Um, you know, the world's answers to problems and pain uh, are not always productive and healthy and good. And so uh, often uh, people who are living apart from God embrace worldly solutions to their problems and pain and wind up in more trouble and in more pain. Um, walking with Jesus does not mean a life void of pain and trouble and sorrow and hardship, but Jesus provides us a way of journeying through the things that we encounter in this life that is altogether different than what the world offers. Um, Jesus offers us uh, the safety of his uh, care and the uh, spiritual uh, power of drawing close to his heart as we're journeying through this life. And I cannot imagine my life without the power of his presence and the power of his word guiding me through. And so grateful today as I think about who I once was before Jesus and so very, very grateful for the gospel um, and for the promise of our salvation in Christ and for the promise of ongoing growth in Christ as a disciple. Uh, let's pray this morning as we get started. Heavenly Father, we love you today. It's another Monday. And sometimes, Lord, we got to gear ourselves up to get to get going on a Monday. And so we pray that your spirit would be way out ahead of us, leading us into all the things that you would have for us today. Uh, Father, help us to um, just uh, face the day with courage and hope. Uh, Mondays are also emblematic of a new start and of a fresh beginning. And so, Lord God, uh, if we view Monday through the lens of your word, uh, we can see Monday as evidence of your mercies, which are new every day. <laughs> Monday is a fresh start. It's a new week. Uh, we know that we'll face uh, some new challenges, but we know that we'll have some new blessings as we journey through this week uh, alongside of you. So, Lord, we do pray that your spirit would come and teach us through your word today. Uh, give us hearts and ears and minds and eyes that are ready uh, for what you have for us so that we might respond and put these things into action in our lives. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. On to the scripture. This is Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Paul writes, 
Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now, there's a lot in this passage that we want to jump into and take a close look at. Paul begins the passage by talking about our alienation from God. Um, What most of us don't realize is that we're born into this world, inheritors of the human condition, inheritors of uh, sinful hearts. Uh, And this is not something we asked for, but it's a part of uh, the reality of life here. Because of Adam's sin, uh, that put humanity uh, at a position of of enmity to God. Adam's rebellion set the stage for sin to enter the equation. And so we know that this perfect world, this perfect creation that God made to have um, perfect fellowship with was marred by the presence of sin uh, at the point that Adam uh, and Eve chose to rebel against God's good commands. And so that creates alienation. Rebellion creates alienation. Think about it in your own life. When your children rebel against your rules and expectations, it alienates them from you in a way. It distances them from you. Now, we love our kids, and because we love them, we find ways of redeeming the situation. We find ways of bridging the gap. We offer them grace. We offer them second chances and third chances and fourth chances and on and on and on it goes because we love them and we want to hang in there with them and we don't want to give up on them. Uh, But that alienation uh, over time, if they continually choose a rebellious path, uh, could lead to adult children that we need to have boundaries with uh, if they continue to choose to walk in ways that uh, are are not good for them and and not God-honoring. Um, And so we establish that boundary to say, uh, you're free to choose your own path, but we're not going to stand with you in that because we believe that's destructive for you and not healthy for you. The same is true in the story of God and and his creation. Uh, The rebellion of humanity set us on a path of alienation from God. And Paul says, hey, you were alienated from God. Uh, You were enemies of God in your minds because of your evil behavior, our sinful hearts. Uh, We plot evil. We we think of ways of of, uh, disobeying whether we realize it or not. And so uh, the natural position of the human heart at birth is alienation from God. But the beautiful upswing of verse 22, Paul says, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. The only thing that could accomplish that, the only thing that could set us to right with God, was for God's own son to take on the death that belonged to us, the penalty for sin is death, the wages of sin is death. Jesus took on the death that belonged to us so that he might present us to the Father holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. 
uh, cleaned and redeemed and healed and forgiven. What great news that is. That's the gospel in a nutshell. And then verse 23, Paul says, If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Paul uh, holds out the possibility that even after our our salvation and redemption, um, we got to hold fast. We have to stand uh, fast in this faith that we profess. Um, it is by staying in uh, relationship to God uh, that we stay in that position of uh, being without blemish and free from accusation. And so we have a role to play of continuing on in faith and to, and to set the stage uh, for our lives to continue to grow. We can wander. We can get lazy. We can put our faith on the back burner. And then all of a sudden we see ourselves uh, being tripped up by sin again. And we see ourselves at a distance from God. And we're not enjoying the benefits of standing in His presence uh, clean and holy and right and good and healed. Uh, we're wandering away from um, uh, from that closeness to God. And so Paul encourages us to, uh, to not move from the hope held out in the gospel. And uh, then Paul talks about the gospel. He says, this is the gospel that, uh, that you heard and responded to, and that was proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Paul's flip from a persecutor to a preacher, from an enemy of God and, and Christ to the greatest champion the church has ever seen, um, was a remarkable and miraculous thing. Only God could make that happen. Only God could bring about that kind of a conversion. And so um, that's Paul's story. And when we think about our own story, we could say much the same, that only God could accomplish these things. Only God could set us to right with himself. And uh, it's interesting to me that Paul says that uh, this is the gospel that's been proclaimed to every creature. Um, the very creation cries out the story of God. And if we have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are receptive, the gospel will, will find us. It will seek us out. And uh, the gospel today continues to be lifted by pulpits and churches, by missionaries. Uh, but the one thing it doesn't get enough exposure from, I think, are the people who proclaim Christ. I think that we have, uh, we have a lot uh, to do uh, once we come to faith and start walking, walking as a disciple. We have a, we have a, we have a high calling. And that is to continue to lift the name of Jesus in the world and to continue to share this faith with others who are at a place of alienation from God because of their sins. Uh, we, we need to announce this good news. We need to proclaim this good news so that uh, Paul's words continue to be, uh, to be true, that the gospel is being proclaimed to every creature. We should not rest until we know that that's but that's the truth today, that the gospel has been proclaimed to every creature uh, on this earth. And, and that missionary zeal should be something that each of us experience uh, in our journey with him. And we should want others who are living far from him to come and know him and walk close with him. So my friends, as you set out on your day, keep your eyes open, your ears peeled for those opportunities uh, to proclaim the gospel and to lift up your story uh, to the glory of God, so that others who are alienated from him might come to be 
uh, members of his family in Christ. God bless. Have a great day. We'll catch up again tomorrow.